Welcome back to the Hour View Podcast. On today's episode, I welcome my guest, Adriana Malozzi. Adriana and I discuss many topics during our conversation. Primarily, we focus on the role that technology plays in the lives of those who have disabilities. So I would like to welcome everyone back to another episode of the Hour View Podcast, where we aim to educate, raise awareness, and change the tone of conversation. I am happy to be back with this brand new episode, and my guest today is Adriana Malozzi, and I'm looking forward to our conversation today, and Adriana, thank you for uh, joining us on this episode of the podcast. Thank you for having me. So um, we'll we'll get into um, Clubhouse a little bit uh, later in the discussion, but you and I, we met on Clubhouse like so many of my um other guests uh, most recently I've, I've met through Clubhouse. It's, it's been a great, uh, a great way to connect uh, with other people who share similar interests as you. And um, as I said, we'll get into it, but uh, there has been a great, um, a great community of people with disabilities on uh, Clubhouse that are connecting with each other and uh, sharing our stories. And, um, you know, so you and I, we, we met through there. So I'm Grateful that we have uh, stayed connected and we're able to uh, do this interview today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, to start off, can you tell us who you are? Who is Adriana? Uh, you can tell us as much or as little as you would like for us to know. Um, just give us a little bit of insight as to uh, who you are. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm actually a first generation born um, Italian American. Uh, my parents immigrated from Italy, um, and um, you know, as a child, uh, I went to regular public schools. Oh, obviously, at the time, um, we, you know, the ADA did not exist yet. Up until I was almost in ninth grade. Um, and so my mom had to fight uh, for my education, for, for me to get the education that I did get. Uh, so I was very fortunate. And I think that is where I learned uh, a lot of my advocacy skills in the early years is um, watching my mom uh, advocate for myself. Um, also, at that time, um, when I was diagnosed with CP at around 12 months, uh, is when I started receiving physical therapy and occupational therapy through Easter Seal. Um, and uh, through Easter Seals is where I was introduced to technology. And so at about seven or eight years old, uh, this was back in the early to mid 80s. I was using a computer and I received my first power wheelchair. Uh, and, and that was really how I got my love and passion for technology because I quickly realized that that was going to be my way to be able to do anything I would ever want in the future. So I became obsessed with technology and 
loved um, just learning about the latest tech, uh, thinking of ways to make things better, innovating. Um, I'm sure as you know, Art, the world is not designed for us. We constantly have to adapt and innovate um, to our environment. And, and uh, I, I, I've always said that people with disabilities are inherent problem solvers. <laughs> um, and so that is really uh, where my passion stems from is just personal experience. Uh, and now I have a uh, assistive tech startup called Puffin Innovations uh, that started back in late 2016, early 2017. Um, and we are building technology for people with disabilities to lead more uh, independent and inclusive lives. That is fantastic. So I think that's me. Yeah, that is, that is, um... That's so great. And I love two of the things that you said that we are, as people with disabilities, um, you know, problem solvers. And also the fact that you said your advocacy work and, and, you know, your drive began when you were young, because we've had to, you know, I, I, I'll speak for myself. And as you mentioned, you know, we had to fight for things. We had to advocate for ourselves. Our parents had to advocate for us to get things, to get services and treatments that we that we needed. And it's, you know, it's still not easy to find some of these things, um, mm -hmm. you know, that we know are out there. I was um, a, a neighbor of mine uh, last week or two weeks ago, I was getting into my car and I drive with hand controls and I've seen her in the neighborhood. She walks around, um, you know, every couple of days or so, I'll see her if I'm outside. And um, she had a brace on her leg that came up to her knee. And uh, she said, oh, sir, she said, I'm, I'm so sorry to bother you. She said, do you have just a few minutes? And I said, sure. And um, I didn't know what she wanted, but she wanted to talk to me about how I drive because uh, she didn't say what her condition was, but she had a brace, like I said, that came up to her knee. And she said, it's right. getting difficult for her to drive a car. So she wanted to know if I had, um, you know, any assistive devices on my car. So I was telling her, I said, I'll be 40 years old this year. But when I started driving uh, back when I was uh, 17, 18 years old, I said it was such a pain to try to find an accessible, uh, a school that had accessible technology, that had ac accessible oh. features on their vehicles so that I could learn how to drive. We knew they were out there. <laughs> But, um, yeah. you know, so that that was when I was 18. But even before then, as you mentioned, as a young child, I can remember my parents fighting for things like physical therapy for me to get it in school while I was in school and and mm -hmm. all types of things. So, um, yes, we, we are definitely uh, problem solvers for sure. <laughs> we have to figure things out uh, to make things happen sometimes. So uh, I definitely appreciate that. Uh, that part of what you said for sure. And um, yes, we will, uh, I'm excited to talk to you about the Puffin innovations as well. So we'll get to that shortly. Um, but yeah, it's so exciting that you are, uh, you know, you're working towards making the world uh, more inclusive and more accessible for people with disabilities. So that is uh, something that I really appreciate that 
that you and others are doing in the world. Um, <clears throat> so as I, as I mentioned, uh, you and I, we met on Clubhouse, which is um, one of the latest social media um, phrases that took over in 2020, <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, yeah. It began in, uh, it began just for iPhone users. I believe now they're opened it up to Android users and um, one of the, uh, I joined in December of 2020. And as I mentioned earlier, we um, connected through there because there is a large um, community of disabled uh, users that are that are on the app. And one of the things that uh, the community of disabled uh, users on the app are doing are they're trying to make it more inclusive and more accessible for um, people who are uh, have vision impairments, people that are uh, deaf or hard of hearing. So um, one of the great uh, clubs that you created is called the 15%. Can you tell us mm -hmm. about the 15% and what it means and um, you know, what your, what your goal is or what your goal was in creating that club on Clubhouse? Yeah, so I joined in December as well of 2020. Um, <laughs> And that was, um, you know, it was meeting all these interesting people uh, like yourself and others in the uh, entrepreneurial space as well, uh, is where I originally started focusing on the app. And then I started realizing that this was a great way to spread awareness. It was a great platform where you could spread awareness to people that you otherwise would not have access to. Um, and so I kept meeting others like yourself and I met um, Thomas Reed. <laughs> Thomas Reed. Um, well, let me back up a little bit. So Corey Lee, uh, those who know Corey Lee, Kurt Freewick, Corey Lee, and I um, connected a while back, like long time ago, because my sister is also in the travel space. Um, she has a travel and dance show on uh, PBS and Create TV called Bare Feet with Michaela Malazzi. And so she travels literally in the same circles as Corey Lee. Uh, and so we were connected that way. And so when um, a few days earlier, my sister joined Clubhouse, she was telling us, oh my goodness, you need to join. And she had accidentally uh, sent the invite to the wrong person. And so while she was <laughs> trying to get that invite back, um, someone else I knew also was on Clubhouse, and so that's how I got on. Um, and so Cordelia and I had noticed that at the time, there weren't any discussion around disability. And it was more around the reality of disability, right? There were topics uh, where people kind of told more borderline inspiration porn type of discussions. And we're like, this is 
not real. This is not the reality of this, of disability, first of all. And second of all, this is per this is perpetuating, you know, that stigma of disability. It's perpetuating, oh, you know, that poor per person with the disability or, oh, they got up in the morning and they're so inspiring, right? <laughs> and so we're like, we need to stop this. Like, this is something that's got to stop because that's the only way that society will learn and and us as a as a as a group as a marginalized group will not be so marginalized anymore people understood what disability was and the realness of disability and not just what is portrayed in the media um and so we were like we need to start having these discussions and then he introduced me to sylvia longmire because obviously she's in the travel space as well. Um, and Anna Pacman. And I had met Thomas Reed uh, throughout as well. Um, and then we, hold on, uh, Mayan, uh, as well as uh, I was friends with Diego Mariscal. And so I was like, this is gonna be my core crew uh and i was trying to come up with a cool name for a club on clubhouse um and i was looking up stats and things like that and it said 15 percent of the world's population has a disability and i was like that's it we're gonna call ourselves the 15 percent uh <laughs> and that's how it all began um and we really you know that was our goal all along it was really great to meet such powerhouses in the disability community who you know sh shared the same views about advocacy about you know educating society about the reality of disability and not this sugar-coated you know, rose-colored glasses of disability. And that's what we really wanted, this raw conversations. And that's what we did. Um, and that's what we hope to continue to do. But I think it's why we grew so quickly um, is because people realized that we were the real deal. We weren't people who were trying to just speak, right? We wanted those um, op opposing views and opposing positions and, and opinions and having those really difficult discussions because that's that's what's really important that, and that's how change is brought about is by having those conversations. And so I think that's why we grew so quickly and people embraced our club um but i would love to hear like your thoughts on that part of it because you know i'm i'm on the inside uh it would be nice to have you know your perception of our club i love your club i love it and 
you know, like we we live with disability every day. We live it. It's our lives. Um, you know, so we see the we we have the the good days, the bad days, and I think um, going back to a, a phrase that you uh, mentioned and I've talked about on the podcast before, inspiration porn. Um, you know, it's not all good. Everything is not all good with us every day as living with disabilities. And I think, um, for me, your club has brought real topics to people's minds that, you know, that you don't necessarily think of, or if, or, or as someone who lives with, dis with a disability, I think about it, but they're not talked about. Mm -hmm. Those topics are not talked about. And, um, one of the um, conversations I can recall is um, uh, regarding the Oscars and Crip Camp uh, that was oh. nominated for Best Documentary and it <laughs> lost to the Octopus movie, which was a good movie. It was good. However, <laughs> however, <laughs> um, you know, so that was a real conversation that, that you all had in that room. And, and it was just like, really like an octopus beat out like a real life story of like disability history of you know and that's what it really talked about the movie crip camp which was a fantastic movie uh judy human was on my podcast um you know a, a few months ago maybe a year ago i don't know when that was time just flies by and stands still all at the same time lately <laughs> but um, but you know, so so that's a story. Crip Camp is a story that talked about real life experiences of real human beings that lived through a time where things weren't accessible and how they fought to get things more accessible and it created things, uh, legis legislation like the Americans with Disabilities Act because of their actions. Um, so to really, to, to have a, a a space where your club exists on Clubhouse to talk about uh, that real life topic and how it was, uh, you know, very offensive that, uh, you know, the movie lost to uh, an octopus. Uh, I think that really, for me, it really made me think, um, you know, how people with disabilities are still treated. Um, you know, and they were saying, uh, I forget what year this is that the Oscars exist, but it was the first time that they actually had an accessible route to get onto the stage just oh, because yeah. they invited some of the uh, filmmakers and directors and, and uh, people who starred in the movie Crip Camp that were wheelchair users and others that have disabilities. So it's like, why? Like, why is that so that there's a national award show that comes on every single year and they don't show that there is an accessible route for someone from the audience who may have a disability to get up on the stage until, yeah. you know, until you're highlighting a film that highlights disabilities. So, yeah. um, you know, and, and just the everyday, uh, the everyday life topics that you all, uh, address in your club and in, in, in the different rooms and, and just where it's like, yeah, not every day is a good day. And yeah. to, to have a space where people can share that openly and be supported and say like, oh, okay, like I get it. Like today was a crappy day for me too. <laughs> uh, I, I think again, those are, those are things that are not addressed. Um, you know, I, I think they talked about um, 
the I forget what car company it was, but it was a commercial that came on, I believe, during the Super Bowl that um, you know used a, a woman that had um, I think she was an amputee, and it was talking about her driving, and she was adopted, and the adoption agency said you know something to the effect of oh she's going to have a very rough life um, <laughs> you know so we, we yeah. Had a yeah we had a conversation about that and what that means and um you know and how her mother in that in that commercial her mother said yeah you know like you know her life she might have to work for some things but like she can do it and it's it's worth her yeah you know, it's worth She's us. She's a, a Paralympian right. swimmer. Right. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's like, yeah. you know, it, it's worth us working towards her being successful, like, and we're, we're going to do it. So, uh -huh. um, you know, I, again, I, I love the club. I love that you all created it and uh, the conversations that were, um, that are being had in that space are very uh, necessary. And, and, and the amount of people that we have that come into those rooms is is amazing and they're not all people that have disabilities and you know encouraging people to invite their non-disabled friends to come in and hear these conversations to give uh you know an insight and and help them better understand what it is that we experience is um you know it's a really really great thing uh that was created and a great space that uh no, I, I definitely enjoy and uh, hope that it definitely uh, continues. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, we we hope to. We plan on continuing, maybe not as as frequent as when we were in lockdown. <laughs> right. right. You know, now that the world is opening up, but um, we do intend on continuing and and keeping it alive. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> So um, yeah. now I would like to shift the conversation to uh, something you brought up in uh, your introduction of yourself, which is your Puffin Innovations, your startup, and assistive technology, and why, um, uh, how, how you created it, why you created it, and um, why you feel that it is important um, for things like this to be um, developed and uh, shown and, and spread throughout the world to assist those who have disabilities. Yeah, so um, as most things are invented or created is, it stems from trying to solve a personal problem. <laughs> um, and so, um, you know, right now, if you're watching this video, um, if you're listening to the podcast, I am in a power chair that is very decked out in tech. So I have mounts for my phone and joysticks and um and I like to call this my command center. Uh, <laughs> because when I am in this chair, I can pretty much do anything and control anything that I need to control. It is when I'm not in this chair, but then I can't do anything, pretty much. And so that is what I was trying to solve, is when I'm not in my power chair, and contrary to what a lot of people believe that we sleep in our wheelchairs, um, <laughs> we do not, and we do not live in, in our wheelchairs. Um, we can sit in other chairs, typically. 
and so when I travel, I take my manual chair simply because it's easier um, accessibility wise, especially traveling abroad. Um, and so when I do that, I'm completely dependent on someone to do everything. And especially nowadays, you know, everyone's hooked to their mobile devices, right? Either checking your email, reading books, because I'm an avid reader and, and you know, now that ebooks are so prevalent, I just, it's the greatest thing ever. Um, and so I couldn't do any of that when I traveled. And so I wanted to come up with a way a system that allowed me to still stay connected no matter where I was. So if I was on a recliner watching TV, if I were was on a beach, you know, no matter where I was, where I was sitting, if I was laying down, whatever, I still had access to my mobile device because if you have access to your mobile device, you literally have access to the world. You can shop you can do mobile banking you can control your environment right with smart devices um and so this was the problem that i wanted to solve but then i realized that i knew so many people who didn't have a cell phone because they physically couldn't interact with one and so that's when the problem was not just about me, but it was, it became about other people as well. Um, and so I created uh, with a bunch of other smart, super smart people, um, <laughs> an operated input device. So it acts as a wireless mouse, but it's mouth operated, it's portable, completely wireless. And it lets you have direct access to your devices. We also have an app that goes along with it. So the user has full control of all the settings, such as the speed, sensitivity. Um, and then our app also allows one to switch from one device to another. So if I'm using my computer and my cell phone rings, I can quickly hop over to my cell phone, answer it, and then quickly hop back onto the computer, continue continue doing my work. Um, and then another thing that we noticed when we started Coffin, so we literally all started at a hackathon at MIT back in 2015. I had this idea. There were like 14 people that some um, that were there with. Idea. So they have an assistive tech hackathon at MIT, and they reach out to the community for people living with disabilities to, to who want to solve a problem, and they submit their idea. So this was the idea I submitted, and um, we had about ten hours to kind of build some working prototype, or as close to working. Prototype. And my team was amazing. And we did it. It was very crude looking. It was ugly. Not too ugly, but ugly. <laughs> uh, we literally were taping things together as the judges were approaching. 
Uh, but long story short is that we won that competition, and that's how it all began. Um, and then since then, uh, I had partnered with a longtime friend of mine, and we applied to accelerator programs um, and and grants. And 2017, we got a $200,000 grant from the VA, and we got into the accelerator program here in Boston, um, Mass Challenge, and that is how we were able to get to where we are today. Um, and unlike a lot of the assistive tech, especially when we were starting out, no one was taking advantage of machine learning or AI or IoT connectivity. And we're like, why aren't people taking advantage of this, right? Like this would help develop better tech for people with disabilities. And so we coined the term smart assistive technology um, and we're using machine learning and AI so our device can learn from the user and adapt to the user whereas most assistive tech the user has to adapt to it so that is what we're working on that's fantastic it's um and I, I love how you um you know, how, how it came from, you know, an issue, a problem that you wanted to solve for yourself, but then you saw the, the bigger picture of, you know, how it would be definitely beneficial to, uh, you know, your friends, like you said, who weren't able to physically, uh, work a, a cell phone. And, um, it, it's amazing. Like what, what people can think of. I, I don't think in those ways <laughs> to mm -hmm. develop, <laughs> Um, but it, it's always so amazing when like I'm listening to you and I'm just like, wow, like this makes so much sense. Like <laughs> <laughs> my brain just does not work in that way <laughs> to develop those, those types of things. Um, but that, that's really, really great. Um, so you, is, uh, is it available to the general public yet or? It is not okay. yet. Um, okay. so we need the funding to bring it to market uh to manufacture it so so that's where we are right now mm -hmm. it's basically ready to go um we just need that little bit of funding to get it to market that's right so whoever is listening to this that can help <laughs> adriana and her team out yes. with this you know please definitely uh reach out and uh let her know and you know, we have to make this uh, these types of uh, devices available for people with disabilities because, as you said, you can do everything from your from your computer and everything from your phone, even with like mm -hmm. you said, from from reading books to uh, mobile banking and you know booking trips and and hotels and whatever else you can do from your phone uh, these days. and even electronic doors, right? Um... You know, a lot of hotels, you can use your phone to open up your hotel room door now. Right. Uh, and that just adds to the independence for people with disabilities. Um, so for myself, uh, you know, I can't hold a key card. Right. 
But I can access my cell phone and tap a button to unlock a door. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, definitely a game changer in that way. It is. It's so, and it's so beneficial to such a wide, um, a wide range, a wide audience of people. So, um, you know, I definitely wish you continued, uh, success on, on all of that, uh, that you all are doing. It's, um, a game changer for sure. The last question I have here, um, since, uh, a, a large portion of our conversation was about, um, assistive technology and accessibility. What do you think, uh, could be most improved when it comes to accessible, or assistive technology, especially in the world of social media that is so popular these days? <laughs> I think just understanding when you're designing an app, especially, um, you know, the accessibility features of the platform. So iOS and Android, they have built-in features that you know, if you code, if you include the right code in your app, um, it allows the accessibility features to work with your app and, and allow any user to use your app. Um, by not designing with accessibility in mind, you are automatically excluding people. <laughs> um, and so, you know, one in four people here in the U.S. identify as having a disability. So you're excluding a large amount of people uh, by not designing with accessibility in mind to begin with. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a, that's a huge part. I know there are certain social media platforms that I hate using simply because they're not accessible me um and and i don't use them as much and i don't post or i don't know if i'm allowed to say the specific one on here is it okay or not sure okay? <laughs> all right so let's take instagram mm -hmm. instagram is the hardest or most difficult um especially for posting the stories, uh, there is no recognition on a mobile device, let's say for stickers or any of the buttons on the screen um, at all. So a blind or visually impaired person would not even know that there's anything on the screen because there, there's nothing that's labeled. Um, and for someone like, Myself, I use uh, VoiceOver, which uses the same tags as someone who is blind. So that, that I mean, I use voice control. Sorry about that. Mm -hmm. VoiceOver is for people who are blind or visually impaired, where it reads your screen. And voice control allows someone like myself to control their phone speaking to it using their voice. But if nothing is labeled properly, then the phone does not know that there's anything on the screen to interact with. And so by not labeling anything, you can't do anything. Uh, so that's a major example, and that's 
platforms that I'm, I don't like using because I can't use it effectively or efficiently like most people who can use their hands mm-hmm. or who can see, right? I am sighted, but those who are not sighted don't really like Instagram because they don't know what's going on. Yeah. And that is, and, and I think it's important that we mention those types of things and mention the name of the, you know, of the app of the social media platform, because it's, you know, it helps bring that awareness and it makes people aware of, you know, like, wow, I I never thought of it that way. I never, you know, because I have vision, I wouldn't think in a way of, um, being accommodating to someone who has a uh, vision loss, who is blind. And I, I think that is, I think that's a lot of people's experience where, you know, my friends and family, they are more aware my, my disability is a mobility disability. So my friends and family who know me well, they're more aware of inaccessible things when it comes to mobility features like curb cutouts and, door frames and the way that tables are set up. If I would be able to get my sit in my wheelchair and and put my knees under the table, they, they become more aware of those things because of their experiences with me. Um, You know, but if, if you don't have that interaction with someone with a disability, a lot of times it is, it's forgotten. And I think these, you know, these social media platforms and website developers and app developers, and the list can go on and on and on. I think it would be very beneficial if they employed someone, yes, pay someone, <laughs> actually employ yeah. them to be yes. a to be some type of consultant um yeah. within their company to make them aware of these uh of of their lack of accessibility and, and inclusiveness. Um you know, that that is um I think that's really how change starts to be made when you simply call them out on their <laughs> lack of accessibility. Yeah. And if, if yeah. enough pressure is applied, then, you know, we can all hope that uh, changes will start to be made. I know um, one thing with Instagram, I know now they're starting to do um, automatic captions that yeah. they've, that they've yeah. allowed. So it's like they're, they're starting, you know, it's a slow start and yeah. it's been around for so long. Like it should have been something, uh, you know, that should have been a standard when they started, but it's like, okay, we'll, we'll take it. <laughs> it's like, we'll take it. Yeah. But we're getting there. <laughs> yes. And, you know, um, on Clubhouse, I met someone who works for Instagram. And so um, as a result, I had a direct connection and have voiced um, those issues, which is great. So now the design teams actually know like they didn't even think or realize um those issues mm-hmm. and uh so clubhouse for the you know for the win again yes yes clubhouse like, making is... those really great connections clubhouse has um, really brought the um you know the the uh executives of of great companies and and other uh organizations to you know us everyday people and allowed us to have these conversations where it's brought to their attention because they they just don't think about certain things and um 
you know, it, it's really great to, to be able to make those connections through Clubhouse. And as you said, to continue that conversation and uh, to voice your, your opinions and, and voice your concerns about the uh, lack of accessibility. And the, the thing that bothers me the most, I think, is that it really misses out on a large number of people. As you said, 15% mm -hmm. of the worldwide population, one in four of the United States population has some type of disability. So it's like, we like to do stuff too. We like to search social yeah. media sites like our friends and be in the know of, of what's happening in the latest, uh, you know, music and fashion and news and, and all of that. But it has to be more accessible to us. And, you know, it, it goes beyond uh, even the social media. As I, as I mentioned, my mobility disability, I, I think like construction companies and um, architect companies that build oh. buildings and uh, design hotel rooms and all kinds of things like that. They need people with disabilities on their teams to say, like, okay, I know this is what the Americans with Disabilities Act says. However, <laughs> doesn't yeah. quite, it's not quite functional for somebody with right. a disability um, <laughs> to, to put this here or to have this, uh, you know, to have this mattress that's, you know, 15 inches thick. Uh, somebody cannot transfer from their wheelchair to a mattress that's on top of a box spring. And, it, you know, so it, <laughs> just to, um, again, bring it, bring it to their attention to raise that awareness of, okay, I know what your rules say, what your law says and all of that, but it's not functional uh, for someone who lives with a disability. So, uh, you know, this, this is a, a really great conversation um, that I'm grateful to have had with you today. And um, I thank you for your time. And I uh, look forward to more conversations on Clubhouse. As you said, as the world is opening up, I know people have uh, not been on Clubhouse consistently as we were uh, at the end of last year and the beginning of this year, but uh, definitely look forward to uh, being in, in rooms with, with you all, uh, you know, in the future to talk about some more disability related topics. <laughs> Yes, same here. And thank you for having me. Oh, you're you. very welcome. And um, <laughs> keep up the great work. And I'm, of course, I will be in touch with you soon. All right, great. Thanks, Ed. Oh, Thanks. Have a good day. <laughs>